Publishing Persuasion. I am Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle, coming out in fall 2023. And I am here with the dinosaur. Can you see them? I can see them, girl. What are those? Velociraptors? Aren't they? Uh, maybe. I yeah, don't know. Are. It's just the first thing that came to mind. I thought it was a T-Rex, but no, you oh, might okay. be right. I'm gonna we'll say she's the T-Rex queen over here looking fantastic fantabulous glorious as always Melanie Schubert how are you today I am very I was gonna say dragonrific but they're dinosaurs I'm dinorific (laughs) we got there we got there yeah really good just riding the high vibes after chatting to Margie who just it was just like we were in, honestly, another one of those episodes where it was just like we're in the room together having a yarn with some tea, you know, like. Yeah, I know. Margie was, she's just so fun. And like, it went way fast. It went crazy fast, this interview. Yeah. Uh, I like, I looked at the time. I was like, how, where did, where did it go? Um, but Margie Fusen, she just came with the heat today. She she came with the heat and honestly her new book sounds so up my alley and so just deliciously dark and like sexy vibes I just feel and the cover's lush the cover is lush both covers lush it is it's awesome I know and it's like well I have the the UA UA (laughs) I'm not UK I have what is this version the american version america the country you currently reside <laughs> i i have the u.s version <laughs> and it is amazing i'm sorry you got there in the air I, I don't know i don't know what happened we lost power today for a little bit and it just blew my mind so i don't know what country or state i live in apparently don't worry I'm that person I still have to type in what year I was born into Google to check how old I am this year because I forget (laughs) just to be sure (laughs) I forget all the time (laughs) you know I mean after a certain year like does it matter you know no all that matters is that we're glorious and (laughs) that's it that's all that matters how have you been this week um I've been good I've been feeling good this week I think I'm pretty sure yeah I've been I'm working like slowly working through uh revisions of book two so I've got like I'm to like page 40 but I just had like kind of a breakthrough so I need to go back (laughs) and like tweak some things but um but yeah I'm feeling like pretty pretty excited about it and then we're also like working on cover stuff for Sinner's Isle. So we've been like talking about that and it's just perfect and I'm really excited. Um, And so that's what I've been up to. How about you? I know you had a really fun week last week. Yes. the And I have to thank you for getting my, cause I, I finished my read through to the husband and honestly, like it felt pretty clean. And I was just like, I, I wanted to send my um my my query pet like my first 10 pages through to manuscript academy and you being the little nugget that you were I was like don't worry no rush no rush but 
American Lightning over there was like, bitch, I've finished. <laughs> like <laughs> the day I sent it to you. And so, yeah, I sent it off to the amazing Linda Camacho, who is our guest later this week. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've worked with her before through Manuscript Academy and just really always loved her feedback. It's always so on point. And so, yeah, I sent it to her and she had it back like in two days as well. So I don't know what's, it was meant to be back in like five weeks, but she just powered through it. And like her feedback just, it made me so like happy and even more at peace about this book and what I've done with it. And like, and her her notes like feel very easy to digest and and implement those changes so it's just I can't recommend Manuscript Academy enough to to writers who are kind of like emerging writers you know the pre-agent stage Mm. it's just that because like especially these days it's rare as hen's teeth to actually get feedback on query materials not say that (laughs) Oh, but that is cute. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you never heard that? <laughs> it's a blessing or gift I just gave you. <laughs> it's a bit of a nana saying, like, um, like, oh, I'm up to pussy's bow, love. Have you heard that? <laughs> I used to work in an old people's home doing catering, like with the food <laughs> service. I'd like to hand out all the food to the old people and prepare their lunch and stuff. And yeah, so I picked up a lot of the, probably a lot of these catchphrases are from there. I'm up to pussy's bow means I'm full. Like, so I would try give our poor old aunt Florence, I'd try and give her some, like a biscuit or say she's so skinny. And she'd be like, oh no, love, I couldn't possibly, I'm up to pussy's bow. And I would just slay me every time. So I just, <laughs> but rare as hen's teeth is more common. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to start using that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just gave me a visual of like a chicken with just like a full set of teeth. Or something. And I could, I'm sorry. I apologize. It just threw me. No, I, I loved it. It's of course because they have no teeth. So it's like super rare. It's like... <laughs> You can take that nightmare away from your brain. (laughs) (sighs) Thank you. (laughs) You're gonna dream about a chicken with a very like a full teeth and like yes, I'm one hundred percent like gonna get my chicken dentures. (laughs) No, but back to my I digress. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is rare as hen's teeth to get like a lot of feedback from an agent when you're querying yeah so just that touchstone of like actually being able to get the level of feedback you want to improve and beyond that to make sure your materials are where they at for me that's just been priceless along the mm-hmm. journey to just like well then I know I've done everything I can for this book and then you can feel like comfortable to move on to something else or like tweak this that way and just like I think I'll always use them as a touchstone, definitely until I get an agent. Like it's just so, it's such a relief, you know, it takes the guesswork out of this stuff. So any writers in the query trenches or, you know, still in the early stages, Manuscript Academy is where you want to go. 
And it's not just 10 pages. You can do like 50 pages. And it is, it's, well, I would argue that it's not that expensive for what it is because you're getting like a, like a professional top tier agent looking at your stuff. So I think it's worth it to save up and do it. And you can do smaller stuff. Like you can do, they break it up as like, you can just do your query letter. You can just do 10 pages like I just did, but so yeah, I'm excited about that. So I'm going to tweak that chapter and then send it your way for a read. And yay! Just from what I read and the just how voicey your writing is in general, I just can't wait. I know it's going to be just such a fun, emotional, heartbreaking and like warming book. <laughs> I hope so. It, it definitely feels like I... I think with this book, I didn't stop. I didn't hold back anything like that I thought might be too. You know how Nova said to us, just write it like full, like all the cheese, all the, that advice has really changed how I write because I realized before this, I was like, oh, that might be a bit too wanky or that might be like, oh, somebody will roll their eyes at that. Or maybe it's like not hitting the right. And I would like pull it back to what I thought felt more literary. Mm. Yeah. Whereas this time I was like, fuck literary. I don't write literary anyway. I write like magical, cheesy (laughs) rom-coms. So I'm going to just dive into that cheese. And and I did. And so in that way, it's been very freeing. Working on this one, and there's a lot of my heart and soul in it in that way. So, I'm I feel very proud of and happy about it. Good, you should. I mean, you have this is what like your second book you've written in however long. What? How long have we? What has it been a year? How yeah. long is this been going on? Like that's a shitload. That's that's a lot. And good, like beautiful stories. So I'm just excited. Oh, actually, no, you. have You've written something else too. Yeah. Recently. I did. And I started, yeah, I did my little picture book, which I sent off to, it's still under consideration. So we'll see. I sent that off just to a local publisher just because I want to have a few different things in the cooker. And randomly today, I started writing a middle grade. Yes. That I'm very excited about. So that was a bit unexpected. But I think, you know, since... The last couple of weeks when we've been talking about this and I was just like, yeah, I think I want to write across all the categories. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll watch this space. I'm excited. You're such a little pro lining people up right before their dr- books drop. You know, I really try. We should um, read her bio though. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. The bio. <laughs> okay. You read it because I've been having a rant about all these things. Okay. Yeah, we're so lucky to have Margie Fusen on the show. Um, Let me just read her bio really fast. Uh, Margie Fusen grew up in the woods of California where she made up fantasy worlds that always involved unicorns. In college, she earned undergraduate degrees in business and literature and a master's in creative writing. Now she's back in the woods and spends all her time wrangling a herd of cats and helping her nephews hunt ghosts, pond monsters, and mermaids. She's the author of Vampires, Hearts, and Other Dead Things, out now, and Cruel Illusions, which is coming out very soon, maybe even, it will be out by the time this episode airs, so get your books now. Let's welcome Margie Friggin' Fuston 
the queen of vampires and magic. Um, yes. <laughs> the queen of vampires, hearts, and other dead things. Oh! <laughs> Can I get a round of applause? Do you want more? <laughs> <laughs> funny that's gonna sound on audio because I can see that you're screaming the crowd goes wild but the audio was just like (laughs) (laughs) oh maybe that was my vampire impersonation did you ever think of that (laughs) I did that's what it felt like (laughs) well it wouldn't be a complete end to the episode if we didn't do our vampire escape (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you remembered what I was talking about (laughs) <laughs> was that from margie's like the original <laughs> i hope so <laughs> well did we have any <laughs> did we have anyone else with vampires <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> well if it was she'll be she'll be right yeah. surprised <laughs> <sighs> yeah <laughs> Please help us welcome Margie Houston. And I've got a hair in my mouth. Just ignore me. Since it's just us, I'm going to get it. Got it. You got it. You're good. It has happened to me during recording and we're like talking to someone and it was, it was either an agent or someone. I was just like, you're just going to have to swallow that fucking (laughs) hair. You're not like, stop. I just can't. I know some people are really like relaxed on Zoom and I am more relaxed yeah. now than I used to be, but just like, just suddenly just plucking at my tongue mid-conversation. <laughs> like, bitch, you are swallowing that hair. Yeah. Handle it. We've all be been perfect. there. Or it's like nowadays, if you need to cough in public, I'm like, I will suffer. Oh. <laughs> I just like kind of, I don't know, you can kind of hold it in usually, but it's not comfortable, but. No, no, you don't want to cough in public. No, it's just—I don't know if it's ever going to be acceptable again. <laughs> oh, hi, Margie. Hello. Margie, <laughs> we <laughs> did it. We made it. We did it, Margie. <laughs> oh my gosh, the light on me is so bright. <laughs> I mean, giving you mad vampire vibes, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm like my skin looks like I've never seen the sun a day in my life. <laughs> it kind of works <laughs> off the brand. <laughs> yeah, it is on brand, so <laughs> it's That's hilarious. I have to say, I love, I love Margie, Melanie. I'm sure I've told you this, but I went to Margie Houston's house. You did tell me it's on my list of extra secret questions that I wanted to bring up. <laughs> okay. Well, I just, I just had to bring it up because yes. I see her amazing wall color behind her. Margie yes. Houston is a interior decorator on the low. Her house is the coolest. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> glorious. I I was honestly immediately the artwork in the back and the little gold book stand is it like a little floating shelf there's a little <gasps> shelf and oh I have like a God. portrait gallery style wall with some antique gold frames and stuff and 
gothic art prints. <laughs> it feels just, right. Just, yeah, I like my house to vibe with my books. <laughs> yes. Oh, there would always yeah. get through the mindset for what you're writing. Was it weird meeting each other after like so long? Marty? <laughs> yeah. It, well, what? it was kind of like we've already felt like we've already met and hung out a bunch of times, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But, <laughs> even though we had just like met in person, it was like, yeah, we've been friends for 10 years. <laughs> It's so cool. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you back on the show again. I'm excited to be back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. We're going to talk all about this amazing book, um, Cruel Illusions, which the cover is freaking fire. And this, I know this is really yeah. weird, but like the way, because I have the arc, um, but the way like the paper just flops open is just like, it gives me life. It just like the way this... <laughs> I know that's really random, but it's because there's so many, so many pages. Like it's a <laughs> chonker book. It's <laughs> yeah, you could probably you I think could it... probably murder someone with this book. <laughs> yeah, which is is fitting given like what happens in the book, you know. <laughs> it's a this book is a lot more um violent than my first book. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I I have to agree on that one. But let's talk a little bit about your first <laughs> book because we had you on way back in the day before Vampires, Hearts, and Other Dead Things came out, which is your debut yeah. novel, um, which, yes, I see it behind Melanie, right? I finally there. got my oh, It was so fun to be able to walk into Dimmix and actually just buy it off the shelf. Happy days for this Australia and it's <laughs> glorious in person. And you got an award. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How cool is that, Margie, though, to see like your book was in Australia on the shelves? I know. It's kind of, yeah, it's definitely surreal seeing it like uh, in different countries and like seeing the Italian translation came out so like seeing it like with a in a totally different language like I still haven't managed to get a copy of it yet but I've seen it um on Instagram and stuff and I don't know it's just like kind of like wow that it wasn't even like on my bucket list like foreign <laughs> translations so like it was like outside the realm of things I was hoping for and so to see that happened was kind of like definitely a highlight oh heck yeah can you give us a little synopsis of what vampires hearts and other dead things is about so it's about victoria and her dad is dying from pancreatic cancer and basically they're at the point where they're like there's no hope you know we don't have much time left um but she doesn't want to accept that. Um, and this is a world where vampires um, sort of revealed themselves like 10 years previously and then went back into hiding. And so some people kind of believe vampires exist and some people believe that was all a hoax. And Victoria and her dad are two of the people who like believe that vampires are real and that it was real. So they're pretty obsessed with vampires and like 
vampire media and pop culture. And so they, Victoria decides that she does have one more last hope. And that is to go to New Orleans in search of a vampire to turn her so that she can then save her dad. Good. It's so good. (laughs) I mean, the way I wept during this book, the tears shed. I mean, I could have filled the seat. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that response a lot. So... And I definitely um, cried writing the book too. <laughs> there were definitely tears shed. <laughs> it's so funny because I always say when I've like given a gift or so- I've written something and I say to my husband, I'm like, oh, that's going to make them ugly cry. And he's like, the other day he was just like, is that just like the emotional like you know you've made it when you made people cry. And I'm like, yes, obviously. That's like what we aim for. (laughs) So if you make people cry, it's even, because I think it's harder. I think it's harder to make yourself cry when you're writing it or to laugh. So if you're crying, you know you're onto something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm usually like not a crier, but that book, yeah, you destroyed me a little. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> rightly so rightly so what what has been your favorite thing about being a published author um I would have to say especially because of that book because it was like so emotional for me to write like people readers who reach out to me and you know have gone through some kind of similar experience with a loved one and like them just like saying like that journey that Victoria goes on really meant something to me so definitely yeah definitely the reader interactions I would say Mm. people who just really resonate with that story and the grief and what's it about has made me feel like it was worth it because there were times when I was like it wasn't worth it to mentally destroy myself to write this book um but like when I get those type of messages I definitely feel like I made the right choice. That's so beautiful. And, and yeah, it's that connection that somebody finds in your book because yeah, like you definitely, there's a lot of feels that intro <laughs> is unforgettably oh, yeah. and emotional. What about the least favorite part for you? Like- um, Getting tagged in negative reviews oh. is probably my least favorite part. Because, like, of course, you know that happens because writers, you know, tweet about it. Like, please, please stop tagging me (laughs) negative reviews. But it's, like, emotional whiplash. Like, just last week, someone tagged me in a review that was, like, you know, this is phenomenal. This book was so good. Um, I want to give it more than five stars. And then, like, literally, like, within the same hour someone else tagged me and said I knew this was a trash book going in but it was worse than I imagined oh, <laughs> how dare so, they I don't know <laughs> it did not resonate with them but I don't know what goes through someone's mind that set, makes them think you know what I think the author should read this <laughs> that's so rude I'm brutal 
cool. I, I'm with you. Like what goes through their head when they're like, hey, I hated this. Let's tag the author and let him know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was, it was kind of baffling, but like, so, <laughs> like, I don't know. You get, there's a lot of people that tag you and the bad ones too. And I'm just like, I don't really want to see it. <laughs> no, no. But like the ones that are so over the top, like this, I thought this was a trash book going in. I'm like, why'd you read it in the first place for what? But like, those ones kind of make me laugh, but also it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I would say that's my least favorite part is being tagged and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, that would be my least favorite too. And I, yeah, and at least you can giggle about like some of the more ridiculous ones because I yeah. guess that's kind of all you can do, right? At this point, I mean, right? Yeah, and like I, when I first like started, when my book was first coming out, I was like, I can read reviews, I can take it, um, but. Cause like I used to be a professor and like you used to have like student evals and that never bothered me. Like one time as, as the question was like, what could make this class better? And the student said a different professor. So I was like, I can, I can read. <laughs> I mean, this is a student that continually plagiarized. So like I like had to get them in trouble and stuff. So I knew who wrote it, <laughs> it was fine, but I thought, I have a, I have a thick skin. I can read the reviews, but um, yeah, I stopped that really quick. I stopped after I saw one that called my main said, "I know this girl's dad is dying, but she doesn't have to be such a selfish bitch." And I was like, eh, "Okay, no more. <laughs> that actually burns." Pretty <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, that one stung a little. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, they didn't tag me in it. So like that was on me for like reading the reviews. But after that, I stopped. But I still get tagged in things. And like my least favorite thing to read is like how much you hate Victoria. Like <laughs> my main character. I'm like, okay, like I know, I know she's a lot. But I wanted to write a character who was in a contemporary setting, but was just as ruthless as like some of the like fantasy girl mm -hmm. characters got to be. I wanted her to just be willing to walk over everybody and everything to like save her dad. Mm -hmm. um, and so that comes off like, of course, like very uh, abrasive. <laughs> so <laughs> I get tagged in that um an awful lot and that's one that I always like I that's the one that I think stings me more than like the over the top this book was trash kind of thing mm -hmm. it's the one that like picks apart a character that I feel very attached to <laughs> yeah. so I'm so but that's why my advice uh to debuts is to not read those reviews even if you think you have a thick skin like don't do it <laughs> there's something there's something that will hurt you you know even if most things don't hurt you there's gonna you're gonna find a soft spot that bothers you so, mm, yeah. yeah no that makes total sense
Yeah. But I feel convinced, like just thinking about it, the kinds of people who would tag an author in a negative review are not the kind of people whose opinion I'd care about. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody that I actually value, like, would ever think to do something like that because they have the awareness <laughs> to know that it's like firstly inappropriate and secondly cruel you know <laughs> like it's, yeah. so maybe we can just put them all like on the Karen pile you know <laughs> yeah. yeah I just if you're I will block you I just block you so yeah that's hey you gotta protect your own mental health yeah I'm not giving you a chance to read my next book I'm just gonna block you and move on <laughs> well yeah. speaking of your next book yes little illusions which i have right here as i've already mentioned <laughs> I and see- i have oh 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 my uk edition well okay brag about it go ahead and brag <laughs> they just came in the mail i don't have my u.s copies yet we'll see if i get them before release <laughs> oh my, i'm excited <laughs> I'm gonna my get money's it. on no okay you know what it's okay you're allowed it you're allowed it can you tell us a little bit about cruel illusions so cruel illusions is about ava who's um, mom was killed by a vampire, um, and it's actually set in the same world as Vampire Hearts and Other Dead Things, even though they're very different books, because, like, Victoria just dips her toe in the world of vampires, and Ava gets, like, thrown in completely into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same world where it's been, like, 10 years, about 10 years, um, since vampires, you know, came out of hiding and went back. And so Ava's been kind of hunting for um, these vampires because she wants to kill some. She wants some revenge um, because she knows what happens to her mom, even though not everyone believes her. Mm. Uh, But she came across uh, this magic show because her parents were stage magicians. Uh, And so she's really interested in magic. And she takes up with this troupe of magicians and finds out that they have real power that um, they cultivate by performing. And they actually moonlight as vampire hunters. So she sets out with them and she wants them to kind of teach her their ways, but they won't, they only accept they're like a secret society so they only accept like one new member a year and so she has to prove she has to enter a competition and prove that she has what it takes to become a vampire slayer so wow Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's got it all like it's got everything like fun in that kind of genre right like you've got got magicians you know, it is really a mashup of like everything that I love, like revenge, vampires, <laughs> uh, stage magic, a competition. I'm a sucker for competition books. I was like, let's just put in every single thing that I find interesting. <laughs> so 
I love that. And I love that you leaned into that because it's something I've been thinking about recently. When I started writing more seriously, I was like, well, I won't do like a castle because this book has a castle and I won't do Mm -hmm. this. And I like actually overwhelmed my brain trying to think about what I could write that wasn't already written. And it's such a like, it's so much more fun to lean into the tropes and like put in all the things that we love. And then it becomes your favorite book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a reason that you like something and that other people are going to like it too. So Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that. Would you, is that where you pretty much got your inspiration for this book was just like pulling from all the things you loved or. Yeah, I think, well, I got my inspiration. I actually like drew a picture like in my late teens and they I actually showed you the picture when you were at my house and it's like this girl um and she has like a flower exploding from her chest and like that that actually did become a scene in the book like but that was like the seed of like I was always like I hung this picture on my wall even though like it's not like great artwork or anything but I hung it on my wall because there was a story in it and so I've I've spent I spent years just looking at that and being like okay there's a story in somewhere um and then like I wanted to write a competition book um and so I think when I was writing that it was like 2015 or something and then it just started that piece just fell into place that this picture I had drawn like turned into a scene in the book um, that I kind of built the novel around but I really just like the idea of stage magic and like what if they had real magic but they were pretending to do illusions for some reason um so it started out with that and it had no vampires because at the time they were like no vampires (laughs) still um but it and it didn't work the book didn't work without vampires so it wasn't until I was able to come back to it and add the vampires that everything kind of clicked into place so kind of like what we were talking about Melanie like you got to put in what you love for it to work like I tried to keep something out that I loved and it didn't work so yes Mm. I got that's good because it's so relatable and I think like yeah I think a lot of us go into it that way kind of feeling like there's a certain way it has to be and and because you hear those voices a lot like oh it's Mm -hmm. so derivative of you know pick one of the most popular you know, like they're going to say Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. They'll be like, it's so derivative of that. And you're like, those aren't the only people who can write witches and wizards. You know, there was a million other books aside from those, you know, and yeah, you write what you love and then you end up with a glorious masterpiece. I'm so excited to see whether I get, because I got it from Book Depository. I never know if I'm going to get the UK or the US version. It's all oh. right. <laughs> oh. Oh. I get the new one. Angela will be lusting after it. <laughs> oh. Was Whatever. it like, um, quite different for you writing the second book versus the first book? How was that for you? Yeah, so, because people always talk about like the second book book slump kind of thing where it's so hard to draft your second book and I was like oh cool like 
I'm doing the book I wrote first before Vampire Starts and Other Dead Things. I'm going to avoid the second book slump. <laughs> but <laughs> the revisions for it killed me. So I did not avoid it at all, I think. <laughs> because I did have to go back in and add vampires to make it work. So like that itself was a massive revision that took me a significant amount of time um and then like the revisions on that book were a lot because mm. I wrote that book back when I thought I was a pantser um and I realized that plotting is the way to go for me so um it also it just had a lot more work than what revision wise and like what I had to do for vampire starts and other dead things or like I'm doing revisions for my third book the revenant games right now and again like the revisions are nothing like what I had to do for cruel illusions because <laughs> like that book was you know it was like kind of the first it was the first book I ever finished it was the first mm. book I queried so going into it I had like a a lot more work to do to make it what it is now yeah that makes sense though it's like thinking back of the you know original books that you've written and then how much you grow you know <laughs> right you're reworking that first book and so you're learning all the stuff that you know it took you to understand how to get the book where it needs to be and so it makes complete sense that it would be kind of a challenge and it's a behemoth yeah. of a book so it, that would probably be yeah it felt like revising two books every time I had to revise which was I think part of the painful process was like I yeah it was long at the start and then um it was long at the beginning and originally I had wanted to do two books and my publisher was like no you can't do two books um so I had to go into an already long book and write the ending and write an ending that was satisfying and close things out. Where before I had a cliffhanger and it ended much sooner than obviously where it ends now because it actually has an ending as a standalone. Um, so, so that also created a lot of work because I had to rethink the timing and pacing on everything and you know, the pacing of the romance, I had plotted that out for two books. Um, and I had to put it into one book. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think, one of the biggest challenges, too, <laughs> was taking an idea that you saw as more than one book, and fitting that into, fitting is a generous term, though, since it's almost, is it 500 pages? I don't know. <laughs> it's, I think it's close to 500 pages if not five yeah. oh it's 503 pages so <laughs> epic that is epic get your money's worth two books for the price of one <laughs> <laughs> the highlights real <laughs> yeah it's true I, yeah i got paid for one book but i had to write two <laughs> Getting a little salty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it must have been like 
I I can barely keep track of one book like so that length of and my books are always short I think that's why so keeping track of that long of a book I bound yeah, it I mean <laughs> luckily my editor is fabulous and she's so good at like spotting you know the things that aren't like consistent or tracking and like you know thank goodness for copy editors who catch that stuff too because it's just like yeah it's a lot you know and this book has like a lot of world building where vampires hearts and other dead things didn't have that much because victoria's on the outskirts of that paranormal world but this one was a ton of world building um because it was very much in that world um interacting with magicians and vampires and such <laughs> so fun is there anything you want your readers to know about illusions um that it's cool it's a good book <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah I think I do want readers to know um because this is my second book I want readers to know that it is you know a lot darker and grittier it is very much a different book than Vampire's Hearts and Other Dead Things Mm -hmm. so I don't want people to be alarmed at the level of gore (laughs) and stuff (laughs) um because it is it is fairly on the gory side um so yeah so like my first book was contemporary with like a dash of paranormal this one's full-on contemporary fantasy with paranormal um so it's a it's a lot darker um it's a lot grittier it's you know yeah got a lot of like twists and turns and (laughs) sounds amazing so it's a more action-packed um kind of book so totally I've got totally different vibes going on now (laughs) I'm but they're both vampires I think I think it'll appeal you know because I like them both so (laughs) I'm getting major underworld badass vibes like I'm just I I mean I haven't read it yet but that level of badassery is coming through to me and I don't do much gore but I do it for that that series oh yay <laughs> so I'm gonna be all here for it. I mean, I see our time is like disappeared between us all having a, a yarn over here. It's been so wonderful to have you back on, and I cannot wait to have my puppy fly through to me. And we're just cheering you oh. on. You're a badass, Maggie Houston. We love. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she is. That's it. That's all you have to say. She really and truly is. She is a badass genius. I'm pretty sure I've called her a genius many a time, and it's true. <laughs> appreciate, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me back. Like, no, thank you. Always a blast. We'll have you back every time you release a new book. We're ready. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> the Revenant Games 2024. Woo! Vampires and witches in a full fantasy world. So. Yes. I am <laughs> ready. Oh. What are you doing to me? My body is already ready. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Thank you. I'm so excited about it. I'm really in love with this. I'm really in love with it. So. Oh, yay. Yeah. Well, we already know we're going to be in love with it too. So, yes. 
congratulations on everything, Margie. We're all, we're so excited and happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> It'll, it's going to cut us off any second. So everybody have oh. a beautiful, wonderful day. All right. Bye. Thanks, Margie. Bye. Thanks, Margie. Bye. Bye. Bye.